Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship. We would love to hear how God has blessed your life. Reach out to us through social media or email us at scfellowshipchurch at gmail.com. We've been talking about taming our tongues last week, or the week before, I'm sorry, we talked about chopping down trees of bitterness, which was forgiveness in dealing with unforgiveness in our lives. Um, today, I'm going to sort of shift gears, but over the next few messages, uh, if you'll hang with me, you'll see how it all connects together. Because the Lord's really shown me that we really started a few months back talking about dreams. And dreams led into this taming of the tongue, uh, which you, if you've noticed, Pastor Gary... And Dad and others have brought forth messages that have tied in to these. And I didn't really tell them what to, to bring. They really did just listen to the Lord, and this is what the Lord's been saying. And so uh, as we move into today, I want to bring a message about fasting basics, okay? The basics of fasting. Uh, and it may not seem like all those go together, but I promise you they do. So I encourage you to uh, listen, take notes. Uh, if you need to ask questions, I'd prefer you do it after the service, but... You know, just write them down and we can talk about it later. Uh, it is obviously on God's heart. I didn't talk to David and Angie about what I was bringing, and turns out they had a little bit of fasting talk in their Sunday school class this morning. Uh, in fact, again, I'll put a plug in. I encourage you to come and be a part of that. Every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., uh, we also have prayer before service at 10 o'clock a.m., and we'd love your support. Uh, there are not only the prayer, the nine prayer things, that printout, but there's also printouts of what David and Angie are going to be talking about next week in Sunday school. So you can pick both of those up back at the Welcome Center. Somebody else was talking to me about fasting, and I just kind of chuckled because I'm thinking, okay, Lord, that's just confirmation that you're talking about fasting. In fact, this morning, you've heard some scriptures that I'm about to bring up as well because it's in here. In fact, I see you chuckling over there, Joseph. I chuckled when I was right beside you this morning. Um, he talked about what God's been taking him through and uh, made the comment that, that he was about to be released, and I just chuckled because it's just a pause because he's about to put you back into a fast. Amen? Because he's going to put all of us into a fast. <laughs> In fact, that's what I'm doing. I'm calling our church, Southside Christian Fellowship. Let me try that again. I'm calling Southside Christian Fellowship specifically to a fast. That fast will begin at 6 p.m. on the 21st. And it will run all the way through 6 p.m. on the 31st. And I'm going to detail here what I want you to be praying about. Uh, we can add Israel to that. But God's been moving me in this direction for quite some time. And so today's message actually starts out with just a transparency, a confession, if you will, and an apology. You know, as the pastor, my job is to bring the word to you. And it is to help guide you, to help direct you. It is to pastor you. Uh, it's your job whether you're going to listen to me or not or really listen to the Word of God or not. Uh, and I ask you every week to take what I've said and what everybody said and to judge it for yourselves, to go check the Scriptures out, to pray about it and ask the Lord. But one area I have just flat out failed you in is fasting. And it just shows you that no matter who you are, we're all subject to get manipulated by the enemy. And so I don't know if you can guess why I haven't brought a message on fasting, but I bet you can. If you're only listening to me through a podcast right now and you're not seeing me, I'm what you might call a big boy. 
In fact, Tammy bought me a shirt not too long ago. She got it from the big and tall, and I want you to know that one of those things is true. I had to explain to her that I get the big size but quit ordering the tall size because they keep coming down to my knees. I may have to donate them to Keith. I don't know. But I definitely got the big down pad. And, and, and don't you know that's kind of what our society is doing? It's called cancel culture. You're not worthy. Because of who you are and what you've said in the past or what you've done, you're not able to even speak on it. Well, let me tell you something. The truth of God is the truth of God. It doesn't matter where you hear it or who you hear it from. If you'll judge the word and not just who's giving it, then you will be headed in that right direction. You will be having your sails facing the right direction as, as we heard this morning. And God can blow on those sails in the right direction. So I, I, just, I just apologize to you. I have not brought any words on fasting because I have felt like a hypocrite. That's just the truth of it. I couldn't see where you guys could receive a message on fasting and looking at me as a big boy knowing that fasting is a little bit of an issue for me. Now, I will tell you, I, I do fast from time to time. I can't honestly say that I live a fasted lifestyle, but I have a goal to get to there. I have a goal to get to there. And I want you to, to, to listen to what I'm saying. Maybe fasting is not the issue you're dealing with, but it's the same struggle that I'm going through. And for me, in regards to fasting, God wants our heart to be towards him. And it doesn't matter how many times you fail. It doesn't matter how many times you mess up. It doesn't matter how many times you don't achieve your goal. It's a matter of what are you going to do about that failure. It's not truly failure unless you quit trying. And so we're going to keep trying. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm done holding back on fasting because I'm convinced God has been very, very gracious to me. And he has sent multiple words to me to tell me, that I need to get on track with this fasting for the sake of myself, for the sake of my family, for the sake of this church. And so that's what we're going to do. And so I don't know where you were at in your lifestyle. I don't know if you live a fasted lifestyle, but I'm going to encourage you to take a step of faith with me and to join me on this fast and to trust the Lord throughout this fast. I am convinced that this is one of the things that has kind of held me back and held this church back. And I feel like we've done a lot of great things, and we're moving in the right direction. But as I'm going to lay out the case this morning, I believe this is the piece that, that we've been missing. Now, the great thing is, it's not the entire church. There are those of you that I know fast, and you pray for this church, for other pastors, and you live a fasted lifestyle, but we want to be one as a body. Now, I'm laying this foundation because when I mention the word fasting, I know I'm not the only person that kind of grimaces. Because I'm not calling you to a fast of television and video games. I'm calling you to a biblical fast. Okay? I've called us to fasts in the past. And the way that I sort of dealt with my, my size was to go ahead and give that little caveat to say, well, as long as you're fasting something. But the truth is, if we're going by scriptures, okay, it's not a matter of fasting fun time. You can do that. But there's something that happens spiritually and even physically when we fast food. So I just want to talk to you a little bit today about fasting. First of all, fasting is not merely going without food for a period of time. Then we're talking about biblical fasting. 
Okay, going without food for a period of time is a diet. Maybe even starving, but fasting it is not. Not as it's talked about in the Word. Fasting is for everyone. I'm going to tell you it doesn't matter if you have quote-unquote medical issues. I'm not saying that the doctor hasn't said you have some medical issues. My doctor has told me that I've tested positive for type 2 diabetes. Now, why am I saying it that way? Because I'm trying to refuse accepting what man has put on me. Now, part of it is I've got a responsibility, and I've spoken with God about this. I've asked for healing and deliverance from, from diabetes, and I believe he is going to grant that. But you read in the Bible different times where people were instructed to do things before that healing came. And so God has instructed me to do a couple of things before that healing will come. So until that healing comes, I'm, I'm listening to my doctor, and I'm taking the medications that they're prescribing. But I've also been one of those that has used that to opt out of a fast. And I just want to encourage you and challenge you to step out in faith, to trust the Lord. you got to do what you got to do, but if God told us that it was something that he desired us to do, then he will be faithful to protect us, to take care of us. And that's what I plan to do. Why am I saying out loud? Because I'm trying to put myself in a position where I can't back out. <laughs> so, so I'm trying to confess to you right now, I'm sure we're recording at this point in time, my goal is to fast the way the Bible talks about. <laughs> now, I've gone two or three days before. And what I've been reading about and learning about and understanding more of is that the first two or three days seem to be the hardest. You experience a lot of physical things that go along with that. Your body is, is detoxing, really. It's getting rid of all the toxins and the things that you've put into your body. And so you experience a lot of things. I'm going to bring more of that part of it next week, okay? But I just want to encourage you to take that step of faith with me. Biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. It is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Otherwise, it's called what? Dieting. That's correct. And I've heard great things about intermittent fasting. And there's nothing wrong with fasting that way for a diet, but that's not what I'm calling you to, not that type of fast. Okay? The reason we fast, biblically fast, is because we want to get closer to the Lord, that we have a desire for something more than just food. Matthew chapter 5, the sixth verse tells us about this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. This is about more than just getting filled up with food. It's about hungering and desiring more of God. You know, back in the day, I might not believe this, but I've got pictures to prove it. I actually graduated high school at 160 pounds. I'll let that sink in for a minute. I know you don't believe it, but I have photographic evidence and then a little bit after that I met a girl and I fell in love and you know there were times where I didn't really think about eating I, I just thought about her that's all I thought about and then then she cooked for me and that that messed me all up I probably shouldn't blame her but I do I do I, I was I was thin and skinny before I met Tammy and she cooks good and I enjoy it but there was a time I didn't think about food I just thought about being with her. That's what we're talking about. That it doesn't matter whether you eat or drink. It's a matter of just wanting to be with the Lord. You're desperate to know more of the Lord. You're desperate to be with the Lord. You're desperate for what the Lord has for your life. 
That's what becomes most important about your day is getting time with the Lord. That's what we're talking about. What's the purpose of fasting? That's what we're talking about right this second. It's about a genuine desire for deeper intimacy with the Lord. Listen to what David said about it in Psalm 42. He said, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now listen to this verse right here. My tears have been my food day and night. That's pretty passionate right there. That's an intimate desire to know the Lord. The other reason we want to fast is we want to know God's perfect will. We're looking for knowledge of God's perfect will. Eliminating food for an extended period of time allows your spirit to become uncluttered and thus making you more sensitive to the things of God. In that same chapter of Psalms, the 42nd, David says, deep calls unto deep. This is not a surface level thing we're talking about here. How many you know that there are, there are struggles going on in our world? There are struggles going on in our individual lives. We're not talking about just what our next meal is going to be. We're talking about some very serious things. I've said it many times, but October is the month of Halloween. You begin to see all the TV ads. You see all the movies. You see everything changing over to embrace Halloween. And the problem with that is that everything about the holiday, no matter how much we try to twist it and turn it and make it look good, is built on a foundation of inviting darkness into our lives. And we freely, willingly do this. The same people that will chastise the dark and speak against the dark during this month for whatever reason say, no, it's okay. And so as a church planted here in this community, one of our jobs is to bring the light, to pray for the Holy Spirit to show. And that's what we want to do during this fasting time is we want to pray for the Holy Spirit to overwhelm this community that there is no darkness, but it's all driven out by the light. That people's eyes would be open because there are good men and women that care about God, that care about the things of the, of the word of God, and yet are still stuck in this idea that it's okay. I'm just taking care of my kids. The reality is we're opening doors for our kids that we should not be opening. We are exposing them to things that we should not be exposing them to. And the attack is not to go and blast every person that's participating. Maybe you yourselves have plans to participate. My job is not to blast you for participating in Halloween-type events. What I'd like to do is educate you and allow the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. Because you see, I did the same with my kids when they were younger. I didn't see any problem with it. We just dressed up. Well, we'll do. We'll dress up in good costumes, okay? But you still go by and say things like "trick or treat," "smell my feet," "give me something good to eat," right? And we laugh. We have a good time. You know, I did all that stuff. It was really cool. I understood it until I began to understand things that we've been talking about, like the power of our words. And see, the enemy had me understanding that because I knew I was a good person. I knew that. I love the Lord. I knew I was teaching my children about, about Jesus. This one little activity wouldn't mess with them. But what happens is it becomes a foothold. It becomes a starting point. 
It's just the enemy getting his foot in the door, and then you compromise here, and then it's that easy to compromise again in something else. And compromise leads to destruction. We want to pray that the people of our community do not give in to that temptation, that they do not allow the enemy to have a foothold in their lives. Amen? Jensen Franklin said, The discipline of fasting releases the anointing, the favor, and the blessing of God in the life of a Christian. I want you to know that, yes, I'm introducing fasting, and we have a purpose for this particular fast. It will not be the last time that I call this church to a fast. In fact, I would like all of you to grab hold of this message that God has been telling me, which is you need to be living a fasted lifestyle. I agree, and if I could find a way to sit there and listen to me, I would do that because I need to hear this message as well. That's one of the difficult things sometimes is I hear the word of the Lord, I see the scriptures, and I know I need to bring that word, but I'm not yet quite there in my own life, and it's difficult. But then God reminded me that this is a journey that we're taking together. That God didn't call me to be perfect, but he did call me to preach the word. He did call me to teach the church what the word of God says. And it's up to each one of us to apply that to our lives. So even though I don't have that fasted lifestyle down pat, I know that it's biblical. So I want to encourage you as well. Maybe you don't have that lifestyle down pat. It's okay. We're going to take this journey together. And we're going to start here this month. And we're going to take this journey. And we're going to be successful. Amen? As I'm reading, by the way, there's a, um, I, I think it's called, I meant to write it down. It's by Jensen Franklin. So it's interesting you forward to that. Uh, I was asking the Lord, I do better when I have some books that kind of help help stir my uh, motivation and interest. And so it is a book on fasting. I'll get the name of it and tell you. So as I'm reading that, a lot of the thoughts and things were spurred from that. And then the Lord has been uh, downloading inside of me for the rest of the message. But he he talked about three duties of every Christian. And I thought this was so powerful. So I want to share this part with you and then tie it into fasting. But he talked about three duties of every Christian. And there's a scripture he starts out with, Miss Sandy, and it's in Ecclesiastes. The fourth chapter, if you didn't get to hear Sandy's testimony towards the end, she talked about how God had laid the scripture on her heart, and I just started chuckling because God does that just to confirm that the word that he's wanting to bring forth, he confirms that word. So Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, 12th verse, the second part of that verse says, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This idea of three is very important. We, we believe in a trinity. We believe in the trinity, right? Three. We talk about three. Well, Jesus gave us three main things that every Christian should do in Matthew chapter 6. Now, this is right in the middle of, of what I think is his biggest and maybe longest sermon. And in the previous chapter is where he talks about the Beatitudes, but he goes so much further. And in chapter 6, he lays out these three areas. Verses 1 through 4 tell us about that first area of giving. He says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And you can see it highlighted in bold. And your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. So Jesus teaches about giving. 
Every Christian should give. Every Christian should give. Then Jesus goes on and tells us the second thing that every Christian should do in the next two verses of that same chapter. And when you pray, every Christian should pray. He says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, let me, let me clarify something. Again, it's a heart condition. Are you picking up on that? We're going to have prayer here every night of the fast. Right? When he's talking about in secret, what he's saying is don't go out in the streets and go, hey, look at us. We're praying. We're better than you. We know what we're doing. Right? Let me show you how good we are. That's what the hypocrites are doing. That's what the hypocrites were doing of the day. Right? He's not talking about gathering together to pray together. Okay? So don't buy into that misinformation. We want to be together. We want to pray together. I want you to be a part of that prayer. If you can't make it up to the church those nights, make it when you can. If you can't be here at 6.30, come as soon as you can. But pray during that time, even if it's from your home. Pray, pray, pray. Prayer is the second part. Notice he said at the end of those two scriptures, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. That's the second time he said that. And then the third duty of every Christian, Jesus lays out in verses 16 through 18. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Three duties of every Christian to give, to pray, and to fast. Then over in Mark, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to tie these together. If you'll hang on just a second. Mark chapter 4, verse 8, and then verse 20 says, But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. I believe that what I'm reading from Jensen Franklin is correct here. If you do one of the three that we're talking about, you're going to experience a reward. You're going to experience a blessing. But it's more like that 30-fold. If you do two out of those three, then you experience more blessing, and it's more like that 60-fold. But if we do all three, we get the maximum return on our investment. And you see, I can honestly tell you that I have been doing two out of those three. I've been giving. I've told you about my journey with giving. I've been praying. I've told you about my journey with prayer. But the fasting has eluded me, and I have just been hard-headed about it. So when I tell you that I believe there's a breakthrough coming for this church and for my life, it's because this piece right here has been missing. It's not enough just to give. It's not enough just to pray. It's not enough just to fast. We need to do all three. We need to do all three. And if we are faithful to do these three with the right heart, not because man tells us to do it, not so that even man can know, 
I shouldn't know every time you fast. Now, I'm publicly calling this church as the pastor to a fast, so you guys should know we're going into a time of fasting. But this shouldn't be the only time in your life you fast. You shouldn't wait for the pastor to tell you when to fast. You shouldn't wait for the pastor to tell you when to take communion. You shouldn't wait for the pastor to tell you when to go down to the altar. You shouldn't wait for the pastor to tell you when to pray. You should have that relationship with the Lord individually. And then when the pastor calls you one of those things, it's just another time that you're doing that because you're in support of the church that God's put you in, that God's planted you. Shouldn't be the only time, though. Again, remember, fasting without prayer is just a diet. So when I say I'm calling you to a fast, we're praying. If we don't pray, it's just a diet. It's just a diet. I want to submit one more thing to you here about this subject of fasting. And again, remember that the idea today is just the basics. There's so much more to fasting. In fact, that was the other one I meant to talk about. Pastor Gary led Bible study on Wednesday night, and guess what the subject matter was? Fasting. Guess what he didn't know I'd be preaching on today? Fasting. The Lord is trying to send this church specific a message about fasting. It's confirmation. Everything. Everyone that's leading a group around here says the Lord told me to teach on fasting. The Lord told me to speak on fasting. Well, guess what? Y'all are all right. Y'all are all correct. Fasting is what we should be doing and are doing. But I want to submit to you that faith is necessary. Faith is necessary. Prayer is necessary. Fasting is necessary. Because faith alone. See, we talk all the time about faith, the size of, the gra- of a grain of mustard seed. Faith can move mountains. Faith this, faith that, and that is Mostly correct. But you see, faith alone isn't always enough. Let me read to you this story out of Matthew chapter 17. It says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, talking about Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not They could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you, period. And we stop right there. But the next verse says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. It's not just about having faith. You want to know why you're not seeing answers to some of your prayers? You know why you're not getting breakthrough? It could be as simple as the fact that God's asking you to fast and you haven't been fasting. Doesn't mean that you're living in sin. Doesn't mean that you've ignored the Lord. You're doing what you've been taught to do. You got faith. You got faith. You got faith. But Jesus says right here, however, 
However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Fasting is an important, an important, an important element of every Christian's life. Think about this. If Jesus could have accomplished all he came to do without fasting, then why would he do it? The Son of God fasted because he knew there were supernatural things that could only be released that way. How much more should fasting be a common practice in our lives? Again, think about that. Jesus, after being baptized by John, was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, and there he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He was Jesus. If he needed to fast, don't you think we need to fast? So I'm calling Southside Christian Fellowship to a 10-day fast and prayer. Ephesians 6, 10 and 12 tells us, it tells us exactly what Daniel Shirt said this morning. I told you God confirmed so many things this morning. And he told you about the full armor of God, didn't he? Wore shirt. And he said, if I remember, he had an idea to wear another shirt. And I don't know if he said he decided, but we all know the Holy Spirit decided, right? For him to wear that shirt today. Why? Because it was another form of confirmation for me. Maybe not for you, but for me it was. To say this is the right word. Because Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Even though there is a battle raging in flesh and blood over in Israel, the real battle is in the spirit. And that's where we can help. As Christians and as the church, we can pray. When people go and celebrate through fall festivals and trick-or-treat and trunk-or-treats and everything else, we're seeing that in the natural, but that's not really what the battle is about. In fact, even if they didn't go out trick-or-treating but their heart never changed, we still haven't made the difference we need to make. It's about more than just trying to help people not participate. It's about asking the Holy Spirit to come in and reveal himself in such a way that people choose not to participate because they finally understand that that is supporting the darkness and not the light. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let me tell you something. Probably the best friend I ever had was Kevin Buchanan. So amazing how God just kind of put us together in a short amount of time, and we didn't even live next to each other. In fact, he lived really far away. He lived all the way in Arizona. And, you know, he told me about his experience. He was in jail for 25 years. Now, if you don't know Kevin, if you didn't know Kevin, Kevin's Mark's brother. They look a little bit like each other. Kevin was just a little bit larger than life, right? In personality and in size. He was, he was a, I'm a big boy. He was a big boy. He was a big boy. And I don't know if you know this, but inside of jail, it's not really a lot of peace going on in there. There are a lot of cliques, a lot of gangs, a lot of things going on. And, and yes, I've learned a little bit watching TV, but I'm, I'm talking about what Kevin educated me on. And, and there's a group of people that don't like the other group. There are people that hate white people. There are people that hate black people. There are people that hate based on the color of your skin. 
And the Aryan Brotherhood is one of those groups. But you see, because Kevin finally understood that his battle wasn't against those individuals, but against the darkness, God orchestrated something in such a way that the head of that gang inside of that prison came to know Jesus because of what Kevin told him. And those two joined forces and began to minister in the prisons and outside the prison. Why? Because God moved. And because Kevin realized and God showed him that it wasn't a battle in the flesh that could be won. So when he began to pray, God began to move. So we're going to begin to pray for Israel and for this community. And we're going to expect God to move because we realize this is not a battle for the flesh. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. I'm almost done here. For though we walk in the flesh... We do not wage battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Fasting is one of those resources, one of those weapons for our warfare. You want to go to battle with the enemy? Fast. Pray. There are three main types of fast. There's an extreme fast where you go without food and water. I'm not calling the church to an extreme fast. There's a partial fast that we've done here many times. Most people uh, refer to it as the Daniel fast. And that's when you give up certain foods and drinks. Daniel gave up meats, sweets, and bread. I'm not calling us to a partial fast. And then there's your typical normal fast, which is no food, but plenty of water plenty of water, and if your strength fails, it is okay to take uh, clear broth and maybe some juice, okay? This is not, you know, trying to be an act of martyrism right here, but the idea is to give up food, okay? I want to go on and tell you, this, this is not something easy, especially for those of us that have not been fasting on a regular basis, and so the reason I needed to bring this message to you was to, one, let you know that we are starting this fast on Saturday night at 6 p.m., Please, please, please don't gorge the week before or the day before. I have read many, many things that tell me that doing that will set you up for failure. In fact, what you want to do, and this is why I needed to get to this point today, is throughout this week I want to encourage you to start tapering off. Maybe, maybe sit out dinner one night and then sit out you know, uh, dinner and snacks. You know, but start tapering off so that when we start the fast officially, I promise you it will be, it'll be a little easier. Don't be shocked if you get headaches the first couple of days. And I'm going to go into some of those things. Because the other thing you have to do to be successful in this fast is understand the attacks that you're going to see and feel in the flesh. And that's one of the things I've struggled with over the years and the reason I haven't gone longer on fasts. But I promise you, and I've been on a couple longer than two or three days, there's something glorious that happens when you don't just stick it out, but you push in and you persevere and you spend that time with the Lord. Ten days. It'll culminate on the 31st. We know that's Halloween. For years, God has been on my heart to do a night of worship, and we've done that the last couple of years here. This year is no different. We are going to have a night of worship. I'm going to invite some other pastors in if they're willing to come, and we want to pray for them. Take that evening. We'll have some prayer rooms open. Uh, but the Lord has really kind of revealed to me this is not an outreach. We're not doing this for the community like come in here. We'll pray for you. We're praying for 
the Holy Spirit. We're, we're praying for the community. Now, if we have people that want to come in and join with us to pray for that, they're welcome. But this is, this is different than other outreaches and stuff we have done, and I just want to make that clear that this is not an outreach. In fact, we bought signs. I started to put them in the ground. It was too hard to put them in that day, but then I realized through prayer, I'm not putting those signs out because, again, I'm not, it's not inviting the community in as a quote-unquote alternative. Okay? But if you run across people that you know that want to pray with us for this community, as long as they understand it's not about them coming and getting prayed for, please invite them. The doors are open. They can come and be a part of this. Uh, even if you don't come to the church, please set aside this time to pray. Every night from 6.30 to 8.30. 6.30 to 8.30. Please set that time aside to pray. If you're at your kid's sporting event, it's okay. You can pray while you're at their sporting event. If you're involved in the sporting event, catch that ball, throw the person out, and pray as you're going along. It's all right. Just pray, pray, pray. What should you pray for? Ephesians 6, b says, stand firm against the schemes of the devil. We're praying against the schemes of the devil during this season specifically. And that includes what's going on in Israel. Because let me also tell you something. It's not just Israel that's, that's in battle right now. Pastor Gary has testified many times, Haiti's going through their own battles. They're dealing with voodoo and witchcraft, and they, they assassinated the president, I believe it was last year. Listen, there's warfare going on all over the world. The reason we highlight Israel is because we read in the Bible and understand that Israel is near and dear to the Lord's heart. So as the church, we want to support what's near and dear to the Lord's heart. The other scripture I'll, I'll tell you and remind you of is 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. For though we walk, I'm sorry, Matthew 6, 10, I apologize. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying against the schemes of the devil. We're praying that God's will be done and that his kingdom come. That's what we're praying about during this time. I want to ask you this question as I close. I put myself on the spot. I'm recorded. I'm out there on Facebook. I'll be putting this on a podcast at some point. I can't get out of it. I said it. I have to stand by it. I'm going to not just participate with this fast. I'm not just going to not eat for 10 days. It's going to be a true biblical fast for me where I fast and pray and I'm committing to that. I want to know Will you join me? If you will join me in fasting during this time, would you please stand to your feet at this time? Now, for those of you that didn't stand, it's okay. It's all right. I got a question for the rest of you. If you're not willing to commit to the fast just yet, that's okay. Ask the Lord. I had many times where I didn't do it either, okay? But will you commit to pray with us during that time? And if you will, will you please stand to your feet? Amen. The things of the Lord are not easy. But they bring the greatest reward. They bring the greatest reward. Those of you that have ever achieved anything, you had to work for it more than likely. And you got the greatest Feeling, benefit, success, everything about it meant so much more. One of the issues that we run into as parents is when we give our kids stuff, they don't always appreciate the value of it. But when they start working for it and getting it themselves, they begin to understand that more. It's the same thing in the kingdom of God. God does bless us. So I want to encourage you, don't just do this fast for yourself. 
Don't do it so that you get something, but I will make you this promise. If you will fast and pray with us during this time, you're going to receive blessings openly from heaven. God said that. You're going to receive breakthrough for whatever you have been praying and asking God for. I guarantee you that. I want to encourage you today. It's easy to stand here with me and say I'm going to do it. Day one will probably be pretty easy for me, and I'm not joking. But then comes day two, and then comes day three, and day four. Go ahead and steal your mind now to stand firm, because one of the schemes of the devil is to help those thoughts start going crazy, like you can't do this, or you messed up. Let me say this real quick before I close. If you do go two, three days, and then you mess up and you eat, start again. Start again. You go another day or two and you mess up. That's all right. Start again. Don't let the enemy convince you that because you messed up one day or because you failed one meal that you're done and you can't be a part of this anymore. You see, David did some bad things. But the Bible still says he was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because that's where his heart was. God knows your heart. He knows He knows when you're trying. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come together as brothers and sisters in this place today. Lord, you've laid down the challenge for us as a church body to fast and to pray. So, Lord, we commit to you right now to do that very thing. Lord, we will fast and we will pray. We will pray for the people of this community. We will pray for the people of Israel. We will pray for this world, Father God. Lord, we'll pray and we'll stand against the schemes of the devil. And Father God, we will pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we ask for the strength. We ask for the peace. We ask for the support right now, Father God, to not just make it through a fast, Father God, but to achieve deeper intimacy with you, Father, and breakthrough, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us, and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that he would cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.